0: Ever wondered how people have managed to break the social, entrepreneurial or business glass ceiling? So have I. Welcome to another edition of On The Minted Couch. I am so excited. I'm usually never starstruck but today, (laughs) I'm quite starstruck. I mean, I have the beautiful, awesome my Josie, Umaya, all the way from Nkobo. And then she just took South Africa to a global map. So I'm excited to have her on this episode of The Minter Couch. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Maya, can you take us back uh, a bit to your childhood? Uh, what attracted you to, I won't say necessarily music, but poetry and creativity? So what were some of the things, Ikada, I know you also grew up in um, Tanzania. So what were some of the things that just sparked your interest for, for art? That's a good question. And I've always wondered the extent to which that's
1: me and the extent to which it's my environment or even my biology. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Um, my parents named me after Maya Angelou, who is a writer. Yes. And then when I took an interest in writing, I was like, is this me or this is what my parents wanted? But one thing I can say is that they always encouraged me to read. Mm-hmm. My parents always encouraged me to question things. Um. But for me, I was going to be a creative Regardless, like there's just nothing else mm-hmm. that I was really put here to do. Mm-hmm.
0: And how has that transitioned from you being passionate about you know poetry and writing yeah. to extending it into music? Because I know you also did, you know, a lot of course writing for some of the local artists. So how did that transition from poetry and writing to music? Yeah, that was kind of I
1: would say sort of accidental. Mm-hmm
0: um i was
1: dead broke yeah. <laughs> and i was like listening to some rappers and i i mean i had studied verse writing i you know i have a degree in creative writing mm-hmm. i'm like i can write at least as good as the rappers i'm hearing yeah if not better like i can yeah. write at least as good <laughs> so i decided i was gonna be a ghost writer. And in reality, that failed. Like, in reality, I'm a failed ghostwriter. Is it? <laughs> because people just wanted to kind of hear me. The rappers I reached out to were like, whoa, you sound so dope. Mm-hmm. You should be on the song. And so my career as a ghostwriter never really took off. Yeah. Yeah. But so my you co- failed ghostwriter, but i very successful. <laughs> yeah. What I was <laughs> trying bosses. to do failed. Yeah. And that's been kind of the... I, I guess that's the the... Balancing act of my life yeah, yeah, yeah. has been that I've had plans and life has had different
0: plans for me. Yeah, yeah. What I love about you, when I observed, you know, your your music journey, is how creative and colorful you are, and how much you you know you make proud your Donga you know, heritage. Why why choose that kind of brand for you to be all? Because I feel like you also appeal to the very young generation and to older people yeah. because of the aura that you, you, you exude. Why, why choose that brand? So, I think for me, they, there was
1: really a question mm. that happened in my life. So, I grew up growing up in rural Limpopo. Yeah. Um, my parents were very young, so they were partying when I was. When I was (laughs) growing up, they they were taking me to parties, so I I was surrounded by, like, parties, Mm -hmm. if I'm honest. Like, Shisebe Sebe, which is this famous uh, Tonga party where they celebrate Shibelani. And the the Shibelani that was in fashion by then was the woolly one, which you will realize I still wear, even though contemporary Shibelani culture has moved past that. I still wear that one because for me it's reminiscent of what I saw growing up. Mm-hmm. The women in my family when they were going to service, they were wearing colorful like the more colorful you were the better. Yeah. And that's what I grew up understanding beauty to mean. Right. You know? And so then it really was like a question to me of like okay so why when I get to Johannesburg would my idea of beauty suddenly change? Like, why I still find that beautiful. It's embedded in me. And I wanted to be honest about, like, for me, the most beautiful a person can be is wearing shibelan.
0: Yeah.
1: When yeah. I saw my mom most beautiful, like, at her most, when she was dressed to kill, yeah. she was wearing shibelan. Beautiful, mm. beautiful. If there was the biggest occasion, it mm. was shibelan, she and it was being more. I so I grew up, it was embedded in me that when you want to really be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do.
0: Yeah, and that's what I did. So, yeah. like, my
1: very first show that I ever had, I had nothing to wear. And I was like, okay, I want to look really cool. I'm going to yeah. wish better.
0: Yeah. It is so amazing, really. like, yeah. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you burst into the music scene in 2016? Um, I would say,
1: yeah, yeah, more like sort of beginning
0: 2017. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, I mean, since then, I mean, you just... Blue. Did you expect that? I mean, two years later there you are at global, you know, citizen yeah. festival with all people like, sharing the <laughs> stage. I mean, like you really became such a phenomenon and the awards that you were receiving and being nominated for Amasama Awards, BET Awards, yeah. gaining that global recognition. When you entered into the music scene, did you anticipate how quickly you were gonna get the momentum and the and the fame, should I say, that you I don't know if I if I can see you enjoy it but that you got
1: <laughs> um I absolutely did not expect mm. to reach the the audiences that I reached absolutely not you yeah. can never know And I think if I wanted to, if that was my goal, I think I'd have probably gone about it slightly differently. (laughs) I don't think I'd have been using, like, a minority language and dressing traditional if my goal was to to become (laughs) the most famous. I absolutely didn't think that was going to happen. It was also not my goal. Mm -hmm. I think I'd have probably been wearing less clothes in general if I wanted to. So none of this was, like, the model that was presented to me. Like, I, there's this poem by Lucille Clifton that, like, I keep going back to, which um talks about just, like, who did I see to be except myself? Mm. You know, I had no model. Mm. I had no blueprint.
0: Yeah.
1: I just had to be what I was. Yeah. And at the fact that it became so wildly popular is honestly... A side thing, it, it, I think it's it's a bonus maybe, yeah. but it wasn't what I was doing it for, and it also isn't what I continue to
0: do what I do for. So what was the initial goal, and if that wasn't what you were doing it for?
1: I mean,
0: <laughs> some of us, I mean, it's number two-year plan, five-year goals. <laughs> HR yeah. asks, "Where do you see yourself five years from now?" So we you know to now nine to five. Okay. So what was your yeah. <laughs> what was your plan? Okay, by this certain time, oh this is gosh. how I see myself grow. No, oh, like I wanted to be a politician. No ways. I wanted to be a politician. I wanted to
1: be, if not a politician, then an academic. If not an academic, mm. then like be involved in like some sort of social justice work. Yeah. And so the goal was not necessarily to become a pop star. And hence why I said earlier, like my life has been a juggling act of saying, of like being like, this is what I want, and this is what life has given me. Yeah. And what can I do with what I've been given?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And started to realize like, oh, okay, I actually can have a lot more impact being on this type yeah. of stage. Yeah. Like if I said in a very academic way that guys, I think... We should think about why we always have our hair in a certain manner that has nothing to do with, like, who we are or our history and stuff. If I went and preached that, people would be like, I please leave <laughs> <Yeah>. us alone. <laughs> yeah. But instead, like, I was able to just portray it.
0: Yeah.
1: Likewise, if I came in front of a podium and said to people, guys, look at how we totally discard our cultures in our everyday life. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's kind of preachy, you know, yeah. but I showed it in like
0: a totally different way. So I'm realizing
1: like, oh, maybe
0: this platform... Yeah, in a pop-cultural way yeah. that made you appeal. I mean, I remember I watched, like everyone that I'm sure, that snippet of you go Kelly Clarkson's show, mm. when you were singing mm. John Cena, there you are, you see, John Cena, John Cena. And there you was (laughs) popping up next to you, dancing along you. (laughs) I would like to think that's one of your highlights because you were singing, I would like to think about your icon. In addition to that, what have been some of the most memorable and biggest highlights for your career? Um there have been quite a few. hmm? I've really had a
1: really good (laughs) go at it, (laughs) I would like. Um There was one time very early in my career, I went home after having released, like, I think I had, like, one song and a half. Mm. And I went back to my granny's house and, like, literally, like, hundreds of children came to my granny's house singing Uh, my song. And I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. It's been moments like that, more than anything. Um, The ones that have been really personal to me, Mm. that have meant a lot. Um, seeing the the way that children have responded to me has meant a lot.
0: Yeah. Me. Yeah. And I think, I mean, you have a soft spot for children. I mean, mm-hmm. recently you, you you had a Shoma Fest, uh, which we, I just wanted to get to it later on, but why children particularly? Did it have everything or anything to do with losing a sister in 2020?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think it's also one of those things that it has been kind of placed upon mm-hmm. me. It was not my intention. Um, and I... Yeah, it, didn't, it was not my goal. I was being myself. I was doing the things I wanted and the things I thought were fun and beautiful. Yeah. And children happen to really, really connect with that. And I'm starting to get a little bit... Um, kind of, like, I'm not superstitious at all, but mm-hmm. there just seems to be something a bit magical about how that happened, where literally the year I lost my sister, days after that, the whole country was allied with my hairstyles with the young girls, you know. that I'd lost my younger sister, but I had in the same breath, I'd, like, gained hundreds and thousands oh, of younger beautiful. sisters. Yeah at a time that I thought I don't want to continue.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and they held up to me it was the most poetic moment. Like I had lost my sister. My sister's name was Nelid.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, which means star. And so of course like my whole world went black. And then these girls literally lit it up. It was just like a hundred thousand stars. It mm-hmm. was like mm-hmm. my darkest, darkest night.
0: Yeah.
1: And they are, I would say, singularly responsible for me even bothering
0: to continue. Mm-hmm. And okay, so one of your singles, "Story," I, I love the the meaning behind what you said. The song was about the fact that you were able to pull through and get away from toxic people, toxic managers, and 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 all those things, and even the music video is, like, violent. I'm like, yo, it's yeah. <laughs> girl, You know? Um, So, take us through that moment in terms of, I would like to think those are some of the challenges that you've experienced, yeah. you know, in your career. So, how were you able to um maneuver your way around these challenges that you were facing that made you feel like you didn't want to continue?
1: Oh, man. That was really tough for me. Um... I had lost my sister, and then a few months after that, I essentially lost my whole management team Mm -hmm. and everything, and um, yeah, that's taken a lot, but it's also been very, a very deeply important experience for me, because it has forced me to go back and remember, like, okay, who am I? Yeah. What do I want to achieve? And I've come out of that much more uh, clear on
0: who I am and what I want to do in this world. Yeah. So tell us who you are now, um, previous to to who you were before twenty twenty to now. So who was my show my Josie then? (laughs) Show my Josie now. So what lessons did you learn from these experiences?
1: Yeah, I think
0: because, like you
1: said earlier, my career just kind of skyrocketed i never got any time to pause and think. And I'm like, not naturally an external person. Mm -hmm. Like, naturally, I'm a person who is quite internal, likes to spend time thinking, writing. I studied creative writing. I had every idea in my mind that I was going to live a quiet, (laughs) inclusive, life. Yeah, (laughs) in which I was going to just be writing. And so... It's quite, I have to say, it's not easy for me to be a public uh, persona. Okay. Uh, it takes quite a lot for me. And so during the time when it was just all very back-to-back, mm. I think I never paused to think. I couldn't. Yeah. Because I would just, I think I would, it would all be very overwhelming. Yeah. Um. So that the difference is that now I have time to think. Mm. I have time to pause and look around and say, "Okay, what do I want to do?" Yeah. And that's what's made it possible for me to even do something that for a lot of people they think it's been years coming, right? It's like being able to create the, the hair brand. Yeah. It, but I was never going to be able to do it before because you know I was just like in the glaringly, glaringly bright lights of yeah. of just a nonstop meteoric rise mm.
0: started so yeah. and last year this time <laughs> in December you released a book Yay. Pass. yeah tell us about the inspiration behind the book mm. and again you gravitated towards the younger sisters mm. that you were able to, to, to have what was the inspiration and why do they have children and kids in mind when you wrote it?
1: Well, that, that book is sort of in two parts. So on the one it's it's a gift to my young fans. Mm-hmm. But on the other one is to also kind of memorialize my younger sister, I think. So it kind of plays that dual yeah. role.
0: That's amazing. And tell us about your hair brand. <laughs> okay, yes. we <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we we see like this beautiful, bright, colourful brand. You've always been standing out when it comes to your hair. So I'd like to think that you gravitated towards that. But tell us about, you know, your, your hair brand. Like, what is inspires? It's always colourful. It's always different.
1: <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm obsessed with braiding. It's one of the deep loves of my life.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love braiding as an art. I love braiding just as an activity. I love braiding as a bonding experience between women. And I really love this colour. Thank you so much. I'm so obsessed. I'm so obsessed. This one is called Sparkling Grape. I'm obsessed. Obsessed, it's <laughs> like,
0: amazing! I love it, the color. I love the gold. You know, it's, like, into the braids. Like, yeah, it's
1: insane. So yeah, I was always gonna experiment with braids, and so I kept pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. So first it was with the styles. People will remember I was introducing the two braids on the side of the head, mm-hmm. which I then transformed into like sort of the, coming from the top of the head, the straight up, the straight back, half and half, like. I've always been innovating with my braids and always needing to push it forward. Mm. Then I introduced color yeah. and bringing bright colors in. I've done beadwork. I've done all kinds of things. And the next step for me was to take it into, like, a different kind of tech direction. Yeah. So I wanted something that was either going to glow in the dark or glitter. Mm. And so i had been, like, experimenting for quite a few years now on like, different ways to make the hair itself shine. Mm. Because obviously I'm on stage a lot, et cetera. Then, of course, when I came with the book, the book, the character in the book, Shoma, um, she has this hair that, like, glows in the dark and it's, like, sparkly. So I then went and just tried to figure out how can I make sparkling hair.
0: Yeah.
1: And I tried gems. I tried glitter itself. I tried sewing on sequins. Like, I've done everything. Yeah. <laughs> and at some point, I tried, like, a couple of years back, I tried um, putting in hair tinsel. Mm. And... We did that, we experimented with that a while back. Um, Was a bit shaky, but definitely had potential. Then I started seeing kind of in various places, there were people also experimenting with this. And I was like kind of watching them and we were going back and forth, trying to figure out what are the best ways to incorporate tensile itself into their hair product. And um, eventually I figured out like what could work, what kind of fibers would work, etc. And I went to manufacturers and said, guys, we can make sparkle braids. And they were like, that's not possible. I was like, trust (laughs) me, we
0: can. And just like nobody believed in the idea. (laughs) And so I ended up like just doing it myself. Wow. Yeah. And the reception was amazing because until Google says like you sold within like hours (laughs) after releasing. So um, you are stretching yourself in ways beyond music. Yeah. I mean, it's a book. It's your breeding brand. Yeah. Um, you recently, just now, in on Sunday, you had a, a Shama Fest. Tell us about the inspiration behind that. So everything that I do, I think, relating to kids, so my young fans, who I call them
1: my stars, they um, everything with that is kind of combined. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to create something that's specifically for them. If you think about everything that they like from the hair from the the animation yeah. to like being able to go to festivals and watch artists perform mm-hmm. where most places obviously were performing at night and then places that yeah. aren't suitable for kids, for kids yeah. so for me that all falls under like one kind of bag so mm-hmm. the hair the book that animated character in the festival for me that's all under one kind of umbrella mm-hmm. which is under this little character called Shoma. Yeah. And she has now got a song as well called I Can Be Me which came out today. Oh,
0: amazing. It is so <laughs>
1: adorable. I like a good
0: scream. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really love this. I mean, do you have plans to, like, incorporate other stars uh, with time? Are there other ways to, like, stretch the, the, the festival into more you know, child-friendly
1: activities. Absolutely want to grow it. And it's something that I don't want to assume to know because, again, this is something that I was pulled to do or called to do. It's not something that I can claim to be an expert on. Yeah. And so I'm, like, really enjoying this kind of back-and-forth I'm having with people who have children. Yeah. So my publishers themselves are black women who have young children, girls. And so they understand mm-hmm. that. My illustrator is a young black woman who has daughters. And so, you know, when coming up with this with the braid thing, I've been listening a lot to mothers of young girls yeah. to say, like, guys, what can we create together? So, like, I'm, I'm enjoying the back and forth I'm having with parents on kind of, like, what is it that we need? I know what I think is missing, but I also want I'm super, like, open to hearing from people who maybe know better than
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, in terms of success, Mm. how how would you define it? How did you define it then? How are you defining it now? Great question.
1: (laughs) I think there was a time when I wanted as many people to hear my music as possible. That was a goal at some point. Mm -hmm. At this point, Think success looks like being able to explore my gifts to the full extent. Mm. Like all of them. Success means I have time to sit and build ideas from scratch. Yeah. That to me is like is what success looks like and
0: Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, <laughs> you you really look like you have so much planned. Just, I just can't wait to see what else you have in store for us. I mean, um, tell us about how you inked a deal with Epic Records. Are you still under them? Um,
1: I'm actually working on exiting that deal. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of exiting. It hasn't been something that's been working well for me as an artist. I think because I'm so multifaceted, it's hard, I think, for anyone to know what to do with me. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I work better when I have freedom because sometimes I want to sit and think about hair.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? And sometimes I want to be in the village and create, like, a village festival. Sometimes I want to sit with my grandmother and create compile, like, Zonga recipes and make that into a a cookbook. Right? Are, we, are we getting that any time soon? These are the type of things I spend my time doing, <laughs> you know? Sometimes I want to write a film. Sometimes I want to write, wow. you know, I want to create a documentary about the history of Shibailani, for example.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I don't make it easy. I don't think I'm an easy artist to work with if your main goal is to just create kind of like a pop star. Mm-hmm. I'm very... Probably annoying to try and work <laughs> with because I, you know, sometimes I don't want to do that. Like sometimes yeah. I don't want to just be, like everywhere, just yeah, or stage I don't all the time. I don't mic I all the really time. Don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it just doesn't work for me. I'm, I'm. I think I'm much more productive within a setup in which I get to explore various different kinds of ideas.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um. Any new music? I know you released Charlie. Um, an old I think every song is an old culture and just to brighten up the country. I think yeah. we're in living in dark times and I feel having Ushaw Major's like just to remind us that there's more to life than mm. and then there's light and that is something very beautiful and that's what I see you manufacture I see light I see hope and I love what you do for the children as well I mean having a star and you're not afraid to be a role model because sometimes you know celebrities obviously have to trend yeah. and try to be relevant and then sometimes they do really unnecessary things forgetting with their kids looking up to them but when you're able to to be someone I'm I'm not afraid to have My niece, look up to you. Oh, that's really nice. So I really like that. Tell us about any new projects that you have in store for us. How is 2024 looking for you and for us? Ah, okay. So um, I
1: have like a lot that I want to do for the stars. Um, Just kind of building on that. Big surprises on the sort of hair front. Going to make music. And be releasing music, yeah. sort of more on, like, my own terms. We'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, I'm just... Thinking, yeah. I've, I'm, I feel happier than I have felt in, like, years.
0: And, yeah. And I'm working
1: on things that I really love.
0: Yeah. So I'm, I'm loving that you are owning being a celebrity in your own terms. Right, exactly. And, yeah, That's so you're not... so important to me. Wow.
1: So, so you're not, not spending
0: to. Okay, so um, we were talking about um, how 2024 is looking for you as well and the fact that you are owning, you know, um, your brand in your own terms. I mean, the world has been your oyster, I would like to think. You've shared stages with many celebrities. If you could gather as many fans as you possibly can, and you were to stand on that stage and give a message to people.
1: I would say that you, I think that, yeah, try to leave the world even, even a tiny little bit better than how you found it.
0: Yeah, and be kind, stay kind. Thank you so much, Shoma Josie, for gracing us with your presence and for giving us a glimpse into your life and into the projects that you have in store. I'm wishing you the best of luck for 2024 and beyond. Stay tuned to Undemented Couch with me, Gati Dijani.